Arrgh, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. I was a right moaning mini last week. I was ungrateful, I was whiny, I forgot what an amazing show The Arches um, is, and to prove it, the scriptwriters gave us Neil's Meltdown, arguably the best bit of Ambridge Entertainment from the last couple of years. What do you think, guys? You are pitching that high, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm a man of extremes. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think Le- Neil's lost his mind. Matthew, Kerry um, sent us our topics. So this week we are covering Has Neil Lost His Mind? Fern versus Jazza. Denise, what's the story? And then also we have a mystery topic from Kerry. So um, Kerry, give us a sales pitch after the ads. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Come on then, Kerry. Hit us. I'm looking forward to when they all start playing the human centipede game <laughs> that Jim has requested. It's a strange one to go for, isn't it? Yeah. And the fact that Lily had a, I mean, obviously things, strange things have been afoot at Lower Loxley because she already had a board for them to play on. I know. It's a big rug like a carpet. I suppose it's sort of wash, washable or something, isn't it? Who's the worst copair to be stuck in the middle of in an Ambridge centipede? Who would you like up you or not like yeah, up? Right, yeah. Can I just say, in episodes mm. one or two of The Cider Shed, we actually had this conversation. No. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah we oh, had shit. a decision. On, yeah, we dis- dis- we described um, or pontificated on who would be the best and worst. They are listening to us and putting in things in the arches that we've talked about, even though we can't remember that we spoke about. I don't. I'm I'm both impressed that we're base enough to have that conversation twice and disappointed that we're so predictable. Mm. Matthew, can you remember what any of us said about who we want in or around? And I'm sure as hell we didn't put it in the episode description in those early days. (laughs) Yeah, we were a little bit more uh, genteel, a smidge more genteel in episodes mm. one through whatever oh no no i don't think we were <laughs> just think... well if we were talking about human centipedes in episode maybe in three. the description we were but in the content no did one surely one of us said human centipede 
and made some kind of vile joke oh, along no. those lines. But, no, no, it didn't happen. Maybe I'll go back and have a little listen. But um... that's just in your mind, Peter, that you want people to be thinking that. Uh, I, I mean, I think I don't want to be in a human sense, Peter, to say that. Right, so if, anyone, if anyone's thinking of volunteering, no, thank you very much. Anything is preferable to this pudding competition at this point, isn't it? So we're going to have human centipede competition. Mm. Um, Pip had, Fallon was again praising Pip's marvellous idea, wasn't she? Her stroke of genius that they're just going to cook enormous cakes, but it will just be dished out in trial portions. We had to listen to the rules all over again, didn't we? With Stella, Pip and Fallon discussing it. And then Harrison was revealed to be dead keen on it all. And he's like some sort of, I don't know. I was, oh, no, I was going to say retard. That's, you're not allowed to say that, are you? Um, well, just say fed... Chris then. He's like some kind of Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's had burnt pans and made a butternut squash and banana cheesecake. Well, I'm starting to have my suspicions about this, and someone else aired this on Twitter. If you come home to a policeman who's got his hands covered in white powder, surrounded by burnt pans, (laughs) and his significant other is worrying about what she's shoved in quiches, I think there's something afoot here. I think they are definitely up to something. So it's like a Breaking Bad type situation, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anything's better than... What was it? Baked butternut squash (gasps) and banana cheesecake. I've just thought of a really good joke, everybody. Baking bad. Yes! (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I'm too smug about shit, aren't I? Anyway. That'll have to end up being a title at some point. Yeah, definitely. And even, Uh, even if it isn't, someone else can steal it and put it on their podcast. Ha! But the worst thing that came out of that discussion with those three was that Stella has suggested as a distraction to the pudding mayhem, which uh, unsung hero in Ambridge should get an award. So yet again, there's a f***ing competition thing. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like a human centipede competition fest, isn't it, where one competition ends, another begins. Well, it never actually ends, does it? I mean, I've just... I've given up sending you things that are happening in my dad's village. There's mm. a treasure trail this week. <laughs> Something to do with bees. God knows. I can't believe that. Obviously, Denise mentioning it was part of to sort of remind you that she lives in the environs and she's she's definitely going to become a regular character now, isn't she? Uh, and, you know, it was one of the one of the kind of mechanisms to draw her in. Oh, was this while they were enjoying the cake? Her and Alistair? Yeah. Mm. Who was it made the cake? It was someone who he tended to their herd, wasn't it? Joanne somebody. Joanne. Leanne Barnes. Leanne Barnes, sorry, yeah. Having said I was a big fan of this week, anything that can make you two and your forensic memory for the show sort of like go blank is, <laughs> it has to be fairly dull. And the Denise and Alistair chat was, you know, calming. <gasps> Should we put it that way? Someone described it really well on Twitter, like, you know, when you're sitting on a bus and you have to overhear some chatty Cathy's go, going on and on about drivel or mm. having having to hear someone speaking on a mobile phone where you can't hear the other side of the conversation. Oh, like, so any time I get on a bus in Portugal, then, which is, yeah. you're not allowed, actually, there's a scrolling message at the front of the buses saying you are not allowed to talk loudly on your cellular phone. And then it's just 
people constantly talking loudly into their mm. phone. Yeah, Denise, Denise. Uh, oh, oh, very good. Lindsay, sorry. <laughs> she is revealing bits about herself, isn't she? That mm. um, there's trouble at mill, by the sounds of it, because her with husband. Yeah, he keeps cycling away from the home. <laughs> yeah, he's off. As many as he can. Doesn't get on with the dog. She sort of sighed when he was mentioned, didn't she? And and possibly he's getting himself buff as well, isn't he? From all uh, the side. So maybe he's got his eye elsewhere. That is the cliche, isn't it? And uh, Denise had her hair, her hair did. Mm-hmm. And she, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, 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 uh. Shit, sorry, lost it. It's all right, no, take your time. Jacob does this. Someone, 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 <laughs> and then he gets back. Yeah. Oh, absolute brain fart. Sorry. Even though it was quite sort of humdrum and boring, and as you said, it was kind of like a, 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 a you know, eavesdropping into someone else's conversation. I do like Denise. I get the impression she's going to be a likable character, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that I really enjoyed her takedown of Jacob how hmm. many months ago. So that you know she. There's a lot of goodwill from me towards her. And yeah. I, the only thing I was slightly dreading was the, the kind of potential obvious romance between her and Alistair. And I was sort of just dreading that. I remembered what I was going to say, which sadly is a catalyst for some sort of romance. She mentioned fancying Barry. They said that uh, Dexter was quite photogenic. Yeah. And she said, oddly enough, so was Barry in a weird mm. way or something. Yeah, Barry's not too bad himself. And I did make a joke on Twitter about her having had her hair done. I said, like, you know, women can do that without it, want, you know, meaning that they're trying to attract someone from the opposite sex. Maybe Barry's going to go for Denise like a rat in a terrier's mouth. <laughs> rat up a drain pipe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she might be winning the... Oh, no, she, I was going to say she might be winning the Unsung Hero person thing award, but she's also nominated for Best veterinary nurse in Borsetshire, isn't she? Mm. For the newsletter. For Lovell, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. James Lovell. For Lovell, is it Lovell James or James Lovell? I it's, don't know. it's Lovell James, but it was Dan James or Don James. Don James. Whenever they mention Don James, I just imagine Marlon Brando in The Godfather <laughs> sat in a, like with the light just filtering through the blinds. Giving out awards for newsletters. Yeah. Well, at least you can get hold of horses' heads easily. I mean, you know, that's not really yeah. difficult, is it? Yeah, speaking of which, um, animals and deadness, they were talking about the um, bagging up dogs, weren't they? Right mm. on, at the beginning of Sunday's episode. It was quite yeah. doomy about, oh, the worst thing is labelling up the sacking of the dead. This was your government awareness episode of The Archers, wasn't it? People who've taken pets during the pandemic can now have mm. to return to work. And also parvovirus, wasn't it? They were talking yeah. about that. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's always a bit of a worry, I think, for that, for pet owners. Stella took that uh, greyhound that was left on the doorstep and my local park, there's maybe seven, eight. They're all Irish, uh, so from charities in Ireland and then they get sent over here. Well, the ones in my local park, I'm not trying to make a generalized comment but yeah it's 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 i mean it's it, it's uh true to life is what i'm saying what they're rescue dogs in your park did you say yeah there's there's a there's about seven or eight re, uh, re, rescue irish greyhounds oh 
Yeah, so I mean, uh, it might be, it might be a dull comment, but I was just confirming that it's very true to life. Sadly, true to life. They were bought for the purposes of racing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. F- funnily enough, the dog that I adopted for about eight or nine months in Dublin was dumped outside a bookies with a load of paint on its back, and I was just coming out of the corner shop just next to the bookies and oh. found it in the street. I just had no idea what to do it do to, do with it, so I took it oh. to the vet. And then the vet just said, um, well, you can take it or, and just kind of like looked, <laughs> looked up and I was like, oh, for God's sake. Okay. So I took this little dog for a bit. Aww. And then put it down. Anyway. Um... <laughs> then had a bet on it. <laughs> That's not what, it wasn't a, it was not a greyhound. It was a very Aye. bizarrely shaped little um, uh, terrier kind of mongrel dog, which used to stand on its hind legs walk in a standing position so i don't know if it had been a, a circus dog or something like that just imagining you dressed like one of the levelers in a town square in dublin with your performing dog <laughs> with a, yes. putting your hat out for people to throw euros into never ever ever mention my name and the levelers <laughs> in a sentence again matthew's kryptonite i found it brilliant it's only taken a year and a half for me it would be chumbawamba there's something to do with brighton aren't they the uh, pro- probably yeah i think their recording studio was on a street i used to live in yeah, they're, they're just yeah they're, they're yeah. not ideal are they i don't know anything about them are we a fan of denise then because i've i've outed myself of you know i've got a little bit of a soft spot for her she's definitely different let's put it this way like her personality she's got a bit of steel she's got so she's nicely mm. you know she's got a nice sort of gentility to her and sort of calmness um i think you know i, I feel like there's good things to come from denise adding to the to the cast I find her and Stella really enjoyable to listen to yes. as actors, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's the another thing. Sorry to interrupt. Great actress as well. Um, I haven't got much more to add in that. In that, just like when Stella's in a, there's something about Stella's voice. It's got that real crackle to it, isn't it? Watch out, Fallon. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Well, Fallon's Fallon's annoyed me a bit with this whole pudding thing. So, um. you know. <laughs> Sorry, Fallon. Brian and Kerry had a massive falling out last week. Now, Fallon and Matthew. <laughs> uh, I, I've, but none of my, I mean, they've destroyed all the people I love anyway. So, you know, and they don't give me Russ anymore. So, never mind. Oh, no. So, I mean, this whole thing with Kerry falling out with Brian, I mean, yeah. opinion, opinion was quite split on social media this week, wasn't it? I mean, there, whose camp were you in more? You know, accepting that both sides weren't playing quite fair, but were you in Brian's team or Chris's team? So there was a lot of people on social media that were on Chris's team, and then there was us three. No, that I I have seen a few others who are non-Chris people. Right. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, not many, but well, lucky lucky for all of those Chris defenders, Chris came out and had a totally f-ing normal one this week, didn't he? Yeah, he turned a corner at the end, didn't he? And then Neil wound him back up again. I was I was being sarcastic. He was complete lunatic at the beginning <laughs> of the week. Yeah, true. He did lose it with Lillian, didn't he? Jesus Christ, like father, like son this week, wasn't it? And he was yet... also, earlier on in that episode, he was making very strange noises, wasn't he? When um, Jacob called across the yard to him, and he was like... <laughs> He's learned that from his dad, hasn't he? I know, because the more Neil got upset, the more he st- started doing Salieri impressions, didn't he? <laughs> and Chris was like, oh, I think I'm just going to ditch it. And he was like, no! <laughs> yeah, he, he had a good growl on this week uh, with Brian. Neil did. Yeah. 
I didn't fall out with Brian last week, by the way. And he said he didn't cover himself in glory. Yeah, that's yeah. And that's... you couldn't even finish the sentence before Peter went, Wow. Exactly. But this week I absolutely loved him more than ever before because in the face of Neil shouting his head off to him, I just I was laughing on the train when I was listening to the episode, which was a downloaded one because I couldn't listen to a live one because the signal's shit. But anyway, I, I was really proud of Brian for just really calmly replying to things that Neil was properly shouting in his face. Well, utterly silent in some places as well, wasn't he? He was very provocative, though. Who was provocative? Brian was very provocative, wasn't he? How? <laughs> Brian has, rightly or wrongly, set himself on a, you know, put himself up against the Carters. And Neil, who, you know, is famously a very level-headed and calm man, is struggling to keep hold of his temper. And then Brian drops that whole kind of like the, well, I, I, I didn't want to upset you anymore, Neil, or I didn't want you to risk losing your temper at work. And it's all rather sort of controlling no, and no, kind of no. patronising. No, uh, by no. the way, I love, I, love, I love both of them. I thought the whole thing was fantastic. I was in love with Brian at the same time as being in love with Neil. It was great. But I'm just saying that is a quick way to wind someone up. Yeah, we love Neil. We love Brian. I just think this week the Carters have gone a little bit down the rabbit hole. I mean, to the point where they were um, they were supporting each other at, at the end of this week in the playground. Mm. And they were like, well, you know, even twisted Jacob around. And Neil's like, yeah, I can't believe he did that. None of that happened. That mm. did not happen. They've just convinced themselves. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Matthew. And also because Neil is attacking Brian about things that when he's saying them to Brian, that is not actually what happened. Mm -hmm. It isn't. We've heard what happened in that meeting and Chris has sort of kicked off to Neil about it. I think Neil's just like, he's just taking Chris's words as being the gospel truth without sort of saying like, what's your side of it, Brian? He, he's utterly wound up. I don't think he should have set, started at his employer in work without booking some time out to have the chat. I know it's not an office or anything. It's a different kind of working environment, but there's no way you can start shouting at your boss out of nowhere. And then, you know, there was outrage on Twitter because Brian took a call when Neil was trying to talk to him. I think, well, he, he can take any call he wants to take. How do you know what that call could be? Matthew, this is like this is like listening to Michael Fabricant and you know talking to the nineteen twenty two committee. <laughs> Hopefully Kerry hasn't got quite as bad dandruff as Michael. How can you get how can you get dandruff from a fucking wig, by the way? Did you um, see the state of his shoulders when no. in the the Sue Gray report, male deus, as they say in Portuguese. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. No, I am with you a bit. I mean, lots of love for Neil. I did feel that um, Brian wasn't really pushing his buttons, Peter. I don't agree no. with that. I think if anything, Brian was more annoying him by saying nothing mm. in that scene. That point where he was like, "You're going to stay there," and. Listen while I'm talking. And there was just nothing coming from Brian. Mm. All that Brian said, sorry, the local Hells Angels gang has just showed up. <laughs> they're, big, they're big Neil fans. Holy moly. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Um, 
yeah, he just, he, I thought Brian just thought the best thing he could do was remain calm and just let Neil go for it. And like I was saying earlier, like it was Alice who brought up the fact that Brian had bailed Chris out. Brian didn't do that himself in that meeting. And and Neil was going, you had to rub his nose in it. He's very proud of the business he's brought, he's built up. I didn't get that. What do you mean? I didn't get why Chris's nose was so bent out of shape. Mm. Why does it make any difference if you had to go cap in hand to the bank or cap in hand to your family or cap in hand to Brian? Your business has failed to the point it needed a cash injection. Mm. Mm, well, it probably didn't matter that much until now, did it? Yeah, but Brian wasn't rubbing his face in it at all. He didn't say anything. Alice said, actually, you know, lay off dad because Chris was laying into dad. Yeah, she said, you don't know half of what he's done yeah. to help you. But Brian didn't do anything there. But there's, I thought there was a good um, parallel this week where um, Chris, I think Chris said, like, oh, you went running to daddy instead of us trying mm. to sort our own problems out. And then there was that moment when neil had that quite curt exchange with alice at the end of thursday's Ooh, episode yeah and he took the baby and said you're all right now martha let's go up to see daddy mm. and i was just like mm, this is all getting a bit yeah. pathetic mm -hmm. i think would they not please say they're not going to do one of those mad father kills his own kid plots oh, oh my, my god, god. Peter. <laughs> what what, no, you think I'm Neil's just... going to kill Chris? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on. Now I'm up for it. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Is, you know, uh, uh, up on the roof, um, Neil. Oh, bell ringing up in the bell tower. <laughs> I mean, we, we, should, we, should, we should point out, and I think we said this last week, that in any other scenario where you had the haves and the have-nots, we would mm. be completely for the have-nots. Yeah. But Chris is just such a dickhead. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, and we we love Neil, and as I've said a million times tonight, and we are not going to turn on him. But it's just uh, if you have to pick a side in this for pure entertainment, you have to pick pick the Aldridges. It was quite horrible, I thought, when he said uh, that Martha would be far better off with Chris than with the Aldridges. They don't know how to raise kids because it's not in them. That's what I was just about. To, I was trying to sort of. Yeah, get in there to say that. It's awful that he was saying, Martha's better off with us two nutters. <laughs> you know, you're not sh shining um, examples of calmness, parenthood, anything at the moment this week. And to think that y you see yourselves as superior to the Aldridges. I know what they're driving at. Obviously, like the Aldridges are dysfunctional, aren't they? Yeah. As a, as a Entertainingly so, though, right? Yeah, but so is Neil and Chris and Susan at times. I'm pretty sure which house I'd like to be raised in. <laughs> yeah, me too. Where would you have more fun? The one with the big mahogany drinks, drinks cabinet. Yes. The one with and, Brian in it. And less soup. Matthew, my boy, your 8% Perry seems to be running a bit low. Just let me top it up there. Let me just, just pop a little <laughs> bit in there. Oh, exactly. Also, what the hell goes on in this um, playground? In I presume it's the playground that uh, Philip Moss built because him and mm. Chris and Neil are sat there, and he said, "I just can't bear seeing my my daughter being pulled back and forth in a battlefield." And I was like, "Get up and get her then!" <laughs> like, what are they doing to her? 
Is that the playground that's full of smashed vodka bottles as well? Yes, from his wife, unfortunately. Mm. We shouldn't bring that up at this point, though. Oh, yeah, when Chris said, you don't know how hard it is um, trying to support an alky. Yeah, that was a bit rough, too. I mean, all is fair in love and war, but it got a bit messy, didn't it? Mm. I think the main problem for me is something I've kind of hinted at before is that it's just so it's all so unnecessary so you're Mm. just you it's not it's not built on anything that you can kind of empathize with it's like any normal couple as in chris and alice would have come to some kind of agreement by now they went forensic accountant and then there was a mediator before wasn't there but that was when they ended up having that huge argument about over who would have childcare. right back to kerry's original point so kerry was not so one of you one of you was talking about the um about the kind of uh, who was on team Brian and who was on team mm. Neil and people were kind of um uh cha- following the dominoes back to the source um and the original one the, the the feeling was that it really all kicked off when Chris was being incredibly controlling and be saying mm-hmm. yeah. oh you know you you won't be able to do this I'm in charge of Martha for the forever and as a parent like you know yeah one of the things that does you know kick off an argument between two parents is when someone takes the kind of I know best route because it's very, very irritating. He literally said, I will make the final decision on everything for Martha. I mean, piss off. It doesn't matter what she's done. That's irritating. And they seem to forget that, yes, it was an awful time having to deal with what Alice was behaving like, but she, it was an illness. It's not anything she wanted to be like. Mm. I, I, they really lose sight of that a lot of the time. And so do people on Twitter, actually, because there was someone who wrote, um, oh, she didn't even bother with the baby for the first six months. You think she was, just, she was an alcoholic and it was all awful and a car crash. And of course, she wasn't in a fit state to do so. It's not like a conscious decision to think, oh, I can't be asked with that baby. I've given up drinking in the last two years during the time that Alice has done it. And what it has made me realize is that when it's that, when it's as difficult as it was for me to give up drinking, it really shows you how impossible it must be for people who have that morning through night, constant yearning for a drink. And Mm -hmm. and Alice is doing well. I think she's, she's coping rather admirably. I don't like Alice, but you, but you've got to take your hat off to her sort of dedication to the cause. It'd be really good if at some point in the future, Chris and Neil, at least, um, acknowledge that is something that was part of what they're fighting over. Yeah, I I mean, I, I do, I do take Matthew's point, though, about sort of it does, there is a kind of a, I think as a historic, you know, as a seasoned Archers listener, there is a sort of a, it is difficult to take the Aldridge's side you do sort of feel like you ought to have Neil's back instinctively. Yeah, you should You should be there for the underdog. It's just that in this case, Chris is making it very hard, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely underdog, yes. And I, I also didn't like his... All right, it's not entirely relevant, but he was a bit rapey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not a nice person, as we've said thousands of times before. He's not a likeable nice character there's also there's also a um 
I mean, it's every country has its has its sins, but there is a sort of a like Michael Gove's example. Whenever Michael Gove or uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg are are defended, it's always their manners that are called out as the kind of reason why you shouldn't be horrible to them. It's like, oh well, you know, they you know they might uh, vote to strike down abortion rights and to reduce funding of you know poor people and to uh, uh, enable rich people to offshore all of their wealth. But when you meet them, they're incredibly polite and well-mannered people, very very nice. And I think there's some of that with Chris. It's like he's a superficially nice guy. He, he sort of ticks all the kind of um, you know Daily Telegraph uh, what a lovely chat boxes, and it's like. No, he's thick. He's dull. He's a bit rapey. Uh, well, <laughs> Matty's words, uh, but I do remember what he's talking about. Uh, but he's, you know, he's. he's, he's I'm glad he's, you've gone down that with that road with me now, Peter, as well. Very, very close to the surface with him is he, oh, proper anger, rage. He doesn't um, hold his temper well. He didn't seem to understand why Alice didn't want to kiss him at the arboretum. Yeah, and he yeah. was just like, "But you're my wife." I was like. Yeah, it doesn't quite work like that, fella. Mm. And then there was also, and you you brought this up as well, Matthew, I remember, there was also his whole kind of um, back and forth with Amy. It was like when it suited mm. him. When, he, when it suited him, he was all over her. And then he was incredibly quick to just dispose of her as soon as yeah. it didn't suit his um, agenda. I enjoyed myself and I'd quite like a bit more. And, oh, no, now it's got yeah. a bit messy. So, um, bye. Yeah, awful, awful. Anyway, what about Lillian shop hanging to buy semi-skim milk? Well, that would look weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So luckily, that's exactly what she did. <laughs> While Jazzer went in for her, mm. guilt-tripping her about Justin laying him off or cutting his hours at Barrow, which then led to Fern of Felpersham Kitchens coming to visit Dower House to size up the... Mm. they're very tired appliances yeah i thought he said you because you cut his arse at barrow <laughs> well there's always a bit of an arse miss here isn't there yeah arse. What, was it, what was it i heard as arse a few weeks ago mm. oh vince getting the back knocked off his arse by yeah. the builders <laughs> yeah so the kitchen fiasco came to a bit of a head didn't it um jazza got found out by self-righteous fern and people did point out on twitter that salespeople wouldn't give a shit about any of that they're just interested in the money that could be made and she can make the money from it and she wouldn't go telling on him to mr what's his face who she's shagging well she um was it barry the same barry who is oh yeah the rat man who also like takes waffle makers from behind bins <laughs> yeah multi-purpose waffle makers covered in batter that you found behind a bin yeah I, I do really like the idea i can visualize this scene where he's like demonstrating it to fern and she's just there like oh my god what am i doing with my life <laughs> what with barry yeah yeah that really that spoke to me that moment i can imagine that happening i do wonder why we've never heard of barry who wanders around the green with a rat on his shoulder i think we have heard of him before haven't we well we're struggling to remember uh, surely if he was an ambridge character like who has a rat on his shoulder someone okay. would have mentioned well, anyway barry barry the fit rat owner yeah <laughs> well but if there was a rat in his kitchen what am he gonna do oh 
pizza. And we are talking about unemployment benefit with yes. these two as well. Yeah, UB40. Yeah. Well, we we talked about them a, a, a while back, didn't we? They're not they're not much beloved by the um, reggae community. Mm. We have we have a pretty good track record of never criticising the the actors, except for obviously you know famously Kerry and her uh, her logman. Uh, mm. But um, I really struggled with um, the Justin versus. <laughs> <laughs> I really struggled with the. Sorry, Kerry, do you, you're clearing your voice there. Um, I really struggled with the um, Justin versus Fern uh, conversation. That did my head in um, because Ju- Justin is Justin is already a very big character. Shall we? Can we say that? And mm-hmm. then Fern was being played. You know, I mean, it was it was pantomime esque, wasn't it? Oh, interesting one. I I'm sort of the opposite way round in that I thought they played well some really chronic lines. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was definitely pantomimey because that never, ever, ever, ever would happen in real life, would it? All of those very, very cliched statements that she made and. You know, mm. playing him like a fiddle, and would Justin really melt? And f- because of a few throwaway, obviously fake compliments about him, would he then go, "Yep, I'll buy a f-ing kitchen"? It's true to Justin, but Justin's not true to life. Kerry, mm? could you find a peppermill blindfolded? <laughs> Is that a line from the Archers? Yeah, because yes. Justin said, I know this kitchen so well, I could find the peppermill blindfolded. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, this sounds a bit wrong. Yeah, less about your and Lillian's games. Um, what was he wearing as well? Because Lillian's <gasps> like, put some trousers on. I know. What do you think Is, it was? What did he have on the onesie? Top? They're in the onesies, I think. Oh, I thought he was, I just imagined him in a little crop top and nothing else. Well, he wears lounge pants, doesn't he? We know that he wears lounge pants and he'll purple ones. And he'll, yeah, well, that yeah, and the purple ones is so maybe he was just. And the kitchen's big enough to have two islands. Yeah, it screams double island apparently. Mm. The room. Not Ooh. quite sure how that. I mean, that, yeah. that sounds more like a haunting to me. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking of Fantasy Island when they said that. <laughs> De plane boss. Good. Oh that? my god, hang on. That's impression of the year. <laughs> I don't think I even watched the bloody programme, but you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, we know who you mean. Well, according to according to Spotify, so will all of our listeners. Um that's that's a very uh, um age appropriate joke, Kerry. Oh good. <laughs> according to the statistics, we're at risk if we're talking about Portuguese music festivals. We're not at risk if we're talking about um, early 80s. Um, uh, uh, what would you even call that? TV. <laughs> Just TV. Genre-bending, you know, Bond spin-offs. I'm glad I mentioned it there. <laughs> Kerry, did you, was there was there talk of some kind of quiz that you were yes. going to be um, doing? Uh, for the, uh, Matthew, do you know about this? He doesn't. I don't know anything about this. While you were off um, uh, um, banging pots and pans and assembling your recording tent, Kerry was telling me that we are going to be grilled. Yeah, well, this all stems from um, me 
and others thinking Alistair and Stella might get together at some point. Then someone else pointed out that Alistair is 59 and Stella is, well, the actress who plays Stella is 45. Would you have thought That's not too bad. Hang on, what's the age difference there then? Well, we don't actually know the age of Stella, but Lucy Speed is 45. So that's 14 years, isn't it? So according to the half plus seven rule, Alistair can date someone who's 36 and a half and up. All right. Okay, that's fine. So, But what it led to was um, a discussion on Twitter about never knowing how old anyone in the Archers is. So I've got seven people's ages here, and I'm going to ask each of you three of them and see if you know. Kerry, let's do that one by one straight after the ads. We'll do Peter three of these first and then Matthew and see who is can there a score tiebreaker? the highest. There is a tiebreaker. I've got seven of them. Okay. And I'd like to point out that um, Richard Osman did a f***ing shocking programme called The Birthday Cake. He or did. Something like that. So this is our version of that shit show um, in a condensed version. So, okay. right, Peter. Yes. How old do you think David is? Oh, um, Rave, Dave the Rave, uh, yeah. 61. Ooh, very close. Are you looking it up? I didn't think about this. No, I no, of course not. Of course course not. Please course don't. Not. Just play the game. 63 in September. He's 62. Hang so on. Well don't done. I get to guess on the same person? No, he gets three and then you get three. Okay. Yeah. So, Peter, you were very close there, weren't you? So, are you adding up the differences then? So, I'm two years off on that one. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, next one, Peter. How old is Ruth? Ruth. Okay. So, Dave, um, Dave's offered uh, some kind of um, farming kibbutz in, where was it? Was it like Newcastle or New Zealand or something? He spies. <laughs> no, she comes to work on the farm, doesn't she? She was the younger. She was like an like an intern or an apprentice or something. So I'm saying a bit younger. It wouldn't be too inappropriate, but let's say twelve years. So uh, uh, fifty one. Again, very close. Two two off. She's fifty three. Okay, so I'm a four. Okay, well Matthew, done. Well done. I'll, I'll get to to match here. Okay, so. Your next one, final one for you, Peter, unless it goes to tiebreaker. How old is Brian? Oh, come on then. Okay. So so all of, how can I even work it out? So Debbie is his oldest, isn't she? That we know of. Hey, hey, everyone. Um, So, (laughs) uh, oh, no. Do you know I'm going to do it? I'm going to do, so if half plus seven. So Kerry. So double <laughs> 55, <All right. laughs> 55 minus 7 equals 48 times 2 equals 96. He's 96. <laughs> You've shot your load there. He's like, like 78, isn't he, Brian? He is 78. He is yeah, 78. 77 or 78 because I saw someone mention it this week that he's going to oh. have a heart attack because of his age. Yeah. You've got to beat 20, you've got 22 to beat, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nice. Right, and um, I just want to point out as well that in my mind, everyone in the arches is either a grown-up or a child. So I don't think about how old anyone is. Right, so lovely, lovely. Matthew, one, two, three. Okay, Lizzie. How old is Lizzie? Um, I would say Lizzie is 55. Yes, she is. No, she isn't. She is. 
In uh, 21st of April, she was 55. Get out. That well was lit- honestly a guess. And I actually okay. thought I'd gone under when I said it. Uh-huh. Next. I don't know. I've picked three women for you. I don't know why. Next one. Kirsty. <laughs> Uh, Kirsty, she feels like she's kind of, she's not, I don't think she's 40 yet, is she? I'm not she's, saying anything. She's younger than Tom, isn't she? Um, this helps, Matthew. Sean Dyche is 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, Tom's about 46, isn't she? She's a couple of, she's a few years younger than him. I'm going to say she's 41. 42. Ah, bugger off. God, well done. She was 42 on the 5th of May. Yeah, because I remember we we looked at Tom, didn't we, to say he was in his, like, he was about 46, wasn't he? 45, 46. What's what's Matthew? This very month. Minus one. He's short. He was short. He was spot on with Lizzie. Minus one with Kirsty. Finally, Matthew. Okay, so you've got, to, you've got to be out by 22 years to lose this match. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on. all right. Who is it? And the last person is Fallon. Oh, Fallon's in her 30s, isn't she? I bet you know, don't you? No, I don't. Um... What's Natasha Van Kampen's home address, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, she's... Don't you look it up. No, I'd say she's in her late 30s, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to say 38. 36. Ah, bugger. So minus two. So you're minus three, and Peter was minus 22. Yeah. (laughs) The tiebreaker. For the sake of a crappy joke, uh, it was worth it. Yeah, it was good. The tiebreaker was Tracy. Um, While we're in an interactive mode, assemble... Cider Shed WhatsApp group. I'm going to send you a photo right now. This is relevant to our social media. Mm. Who is this that I'm sending you a picture of? Okay. I'll post this, obviously. I don't think you might. I don't think you'll be able to, actually. Oh, that is. I know who that is. Bloody hell. Jesus Christ, that's Leonard. That is Leonard. clothes on. And that is courtesy of (gasps) um, Helen Roberts, I think it was, who got in touch on our... Facebook. I'm looking at her, Leonard's penis. Why yes, you it? are. I don't want. I don't want to look at Leonard's penis. What well, on earth can, was that in? Well, you, you can, can thank Helen. Shameless. Oh, brilliant! He was in, played a nudist, apparently. So you can thank Helen Roberts for that, who got in touch on uh, Facebook Thanks, on our Helen. Facebook, who totally understands what we're all about. Oh, you can put that <laughs> on my gravestone. I don't want to see Leonard, Leonard's penis. Well, it's too late now. Oh, he's got lovely sort of dimples in the sides of his bum, hasn't he? Yeah, all right. Okay. God, this is, honestly, I'm quite a prude, and I, every week I have to <laughs> lash myself. Do you know what? The other night there was a sex scene full on. I was watching something that was like multiple sex scenes on it. And uh, I did actually mention, apparently Peter can't watch these. No, I can't. I don't like ah. sex scenes. I don't see the point in them. Um, anyway, if anyone else uh, agrees with me and doesn't want to be constantly subjected to this degenerate filth that I have to put up with on a <laughs> weekly basis, um, please uh, get on t- in touch on Twitter. And Kerry, where where would people tell you that you're a vile pervert who needs to wash her? <laughs> yeah, you can find us on Twitter at leonardsnob.co.uk. No, uh <laughs> <laughs> at the cider shed knob pod pod um we've got 
nearly 2,200 followers, lads. And it, today is our 60th episode. So that's not quite Ooh. a platinum jubilee, but, you know, nearly yeah. there. If you want to find us on Instagram, it's the same as Twitter, at The Cider Shed Pod, and we have a Facebook group called The Cider Shed Podcast. Um, thanks for everyone. Keep joining, keep commenting. It's really good. And write us a lovely five-star review on iTunes, and we will post it up on Instagram and Twitter, and you'll see it there. Yeah, we've had some lovely new ones recently, haven't we? The five-star reviews that we've shared around and very, very much enjoyed. And we've also yeah. had some private reviews, which we can't share. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for DMing us your positive comments about us. Yeah, yes. we've had some lovely DMs, we have to say, um, which are kind of... After the watershed, let's just say that. It's not Leonard's well, cock. Regardless what anyone says, we have found our niche. Uh, it turns out that being <laughs> um, degenerate perverts, the numbers go up every week steadily uh, and exponentially. It's good stuff. So, uh, guys, thank you so much, as always. Um, Kerry, Matthew, have a lovely evening. See you next week. Have a good one, Kerry, Peter. See everyone. Bye. Hang on.